Hello again, friends, and welcome to the grand finale of season one of My Life in Miniatures. Yes, we are at episode 10, and we've got a fun one for you today. We are talking to uh, multiple Golden Demon and Crystal Brush winning artist Sam Lenz a little bit later on the show. Uh, he's going to be taking us through his life in miniatures. My name's John Ashton, if you didn't know that by now. I'm from heresyandheroes.com. And I'm your host, and I'm very happy we made it to the end. Uh, well, not the end, but the the first break. Um, the first season is in the bag, it's in the can. Uh, whatever you like putting your first seasons into, whatever receptacle it might be, um, it's there, it's done. And um, I'm very, very happy with it. It's been one hell of an experience uh, doing this. I, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been great. And I'll tell you what, we're going to do a little bit of a a retrospective in the outro. That's what we're going to do because I didn't want to leave the the season uh, and just say, "Well, there's that done." No, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you a little bit about it uh, after today's show. And today's show, uh, as we mentioned, features Sam Lenz, um, who's a lovely guy, and um, I really can't thank him enough for taking some time out of his very very busy schedule at the moment. He's uh, uh, when we recorded this, he was right in the middle of his preparation for Golden Demon, which um, I know he's being modest and and uh, and and sort of nice about it, but I think he's going to do very well because he's very good at what he does. Uh, if you're not familiar with Sam's work, I really recommend you check it out. You can find him, uh, search for Sam Lenz Artwork on YouTube, where he does wonderful little tutorial videos. Uh, he'll help you through some stuff. Um, he they're really funny. Uh, he does a good intro to Sam. Um, yeah, really enjoy all of those. Uh, if you want to support him further, you can find him on Patreon under Sam Lens Artwork. Uh, and if you just want to see uh, what his work's like on Instagram, uh, it's Samson Osmus. So that's S A M S O N O S M A S. Uh, and you will find all of his his awesome artwork there as well. Um, in today's show, we chat through a lot of what he's been working on uh, over his career in, in painting miniatures. And uh, one thing I will say is, if you want to... A lot of what we're talking about are things that Sam has created um, that, I guess, more than most, it's sort of conversion based um so if you're not familiar with what we're talking about uh, you can find his stuff uh, if you go to um either the demon winner site or the cool mini or not website uh, and search for sam lens you'll find all of his artwork there um i think that well i think on demon winner there's a, a a link through to the cool mini or not stuff um but yeah it's really well worth checking out um I'm trying to think of what else to say in this intro. It's weird because this is the magic of time travel that one can do with these podcasts. Uh, I literally recorded the Chrissy uh, one, uh, episode nine, earlier this morning. And then today I'm recording the Sam's one. So nothing's changed really for me. Uh, I've got no updates to give you. Um, we're still... Uh, on the uh, on the brink of a new cold war um hopefully it remains uh, no more than cold um i still haven't done any hobby in the last uh like three hours or whatever it's been um i haven't done any of that but yeah uh 
Uh, so there's no more news from my side, but you'll be hearing much more from me at the end of this podcast because, like I say, we're going to do a bit of a retro because uh, I've been looking back over the season and um, it's been great. I want to talk a bit about it. So um, if you hang around after the chat with Sam, if you're interested, I'll give you some insight in, into what it'll what it, what life is like as a podcaster and um, and how much time things take and the the wonderful experiences and also the weird sort of head trippy experiences that go through the whole thing. Um, but yeah. Uh, it's also worth mentioning that um, we mentioned uh, it's worth mentioning that we mentioned that's a clever way of doing that in my chat with Sam we talk about uh, Adepticon happening I think it will have happened so uh, by the time this comes out so you'll know if he was a winner or who's won or or what amazing things come out of it because obviously there's lots of great painters going there and uh, they're going to be showing off their their finest efforts and uh, I cannot wait for a UK one to happen so that I can go and see it because I'm still not quite at the travel on a small tube filled with other human beings um, state of mind uh, yet but I will be one day um, and I hope to make it over to Adepticon one day as well that'd be really nice uh, yeah that's plenty of waffle from me I reckon um, I think it's about time we got straight into the chat so after an appropriate little bit of interlude music. Uh, we'll be talking to Sam Lenz, uh, and I'll speak to you again after after the chat. So enjoy. Sam, thank you very much for joining us on My Life in Miniatures. It's uh, very nice to have you here. Yeah, happy to be here, man. Thanks for your time. Yeah, no, thank you for yours. Um, it's really nice to have someone who's... Um, well, not all of my guests have been lovely this this first season, which has been great. Um, but you know, I, I remember you coming over to, to Warhammer World a few years ago and um, enjoying your company. And uh, have, you, have you still got the orc mug? I I broke the orc mug. Oh, it's the only it's the only mug I've ever broken. And yeah, I can't even remember how it happened, but it smashed on the oh, floor. Okay. I, I I was all alone, and I was like. No, <laughs> like just by myself, like, uh, oh man, I know. And then I look it up online and it's like $25 plus shipping for, or I, I was looking on like eBay. I was like, all right, I'm not paying that much for a coffee mug. I have plenty, no, but no. Well, it just means you have to uh, again mug. You know. I know I, I need a vacation and I am thinking about coming back to Nottingham and then traveling up to Scotland. I, you know, I made some friends when I was out there. So yeah, yeah, no, and Scotland's a beautiful place. It's um, yeah, it's uh, slightly my homeland as well up in up in Scotland. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I can recommend m many good whiskies. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent, yeah, man. Um, I'm I'm American, but. You know, some of my ancestors are from Scotland. Yes. Everybody in America, you know, they're so hung up on like, where are you from? Oh, uh, you know, Scotland, uh, Germany, <laughs> Sweden. It's like, no, I mean, like, what town? Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> you know, I like it. Yeah, it's uh, nice. Well, we're not here to talk about our, our shared Scottish heritage. Um, <laughs> we're here to talk about your life in miniatures. And um, we're going to start off with how you got started. So, um Firstly, how did you discover Toy Soldiers? How, what what drew you in? Um, 
it was my dad getting us interested in model airplanes yeah. and and cars. And then I remember he had this um this this set of molds. It was like three different molds um of these flat uh night miniatures. I've since I, I since that I found them online. Okay. But yeah, we would go out into the barn, melt down lead uh fishing lures and then pour it into this mold these like orange two-piece molds pull yeah. that apart yeah and i was young then you know i, I would have been like three or younger my, my parents uh you know split up when i was three so yeah. that's my earliest memory then um so that i think like planted the seed but what got me like really into uh the wider world of miniatures is my my oldest brother yeah. john um good name you know <laughs> yeah, the name of excellence <laughs> um him you know biking miles and miles into town and going to the shop called starbase alpha and uh picking up like rel partha miniatures Lovely. bringing those home and then um he got that first box of space marines the rtbo1 yep, in, yep. in like the ivory plastic and great box yeah he needed people to play against, so I I was gifted uh, eventually the uh, orc half of the second edition starter box. Uh, right, and this explains why your your very first miniature was indeed one of those second ed orc boys. Yeah, I feel like I've I've painted something else, but those you know before that, but uh, the orc boys really stick out, and I still have one sitting here. I've yeah, got some yeah. sitting around and I, I like to show that whenever I have a, a student or a lesson, I'm like, look, I painted this at one point. Okay. Mm -hmm. It is. And it's just base coats. Yeah. The, um, the base is like some kind of uh, rodent bedding from like, uh, you know, we had yeah, yeah. mice, gerbils, rats throughout, you know, throughout my childhood. And yeah, it's just some kind of, weird sawdust and it's glued around like the rim of the base or on the top and yeah. then i i asked my brother i'm like what uh what faction should i play you know the orcs have the, the different factions and he's like play snake bites i'm like okay what are their colors he's like uh red yellow and blue I'm like all right so i've got a guy with <laughs> red shoes yellow pants <laughs> like it is uh, just the most colorful and just base coats mm -hmm. and then uh i think I eventually i progressed on to a black ink wash on everything oh <laughs> how how civilized of you yes yeah yeah hi no i've, I've still yeah. got um one of the space marines from that box uh which all people my mum, who has always suffered my warhammer hobby rather than in enjoying it in any way she did uh, one day. I went around seeing. She went, oh, "I found this," and I thought I'd sold them all years ago, or got rid of them, or thrown them out. And it was uh, the little static pose guy with his with his with his flamer, still in the colours yeah. I painted. And hey, you put you put rodent bedding on the base. I just painted the base a horrible one coat of green with no undercoat. Yes. Um, yeah, and it was. Uh, but so, but one of the things I did with it later, actually, only a couple of years ago, was I got that miniature and I made, got a new Primaris Intercessor and I repainted it in the same, roughly the same color scheme as that. Have you ever revisited your, your Orc boy from second edition? That's a great idea. 
I, I've, I haven't done that yet, but that's on my list of, uh, I've been running a Patreon since uh, COVID started. Mm -hmm. I started a Patreon and yeah, every time, you know, I just write it down on my notepad and my phone, I think of a new idea and yeah, we're repeating that same color scheme, but yeah, doing it with what I know now. Yeah. So. You're a little bit more skillful now, aren't you? You're just a tad. I've come, yeah, I've come come a, a ways along, just a little bit. Just a little bit, yes. No, your, your painting is phenomenal. So that's not just me blowing smoke. It's um, it really is. Um, so okay, you you paint your second Ed Orc boy for you where you were based. Was it? Um, so you mentioned Starbase Alpha. Was that did that become your local hobby shop, or, or was was there a Warhammer store somewhere within um, a thousand miles of you at the time? I imagine <laughs> there, yeah, there was there was just that shop, and I never played in store. We were always uh, basement or barn players. You know, we we had a sheet of plywood, yep, textured, you know, with with like sand mixed into some green paint. Um, a lot of styrofoam buildings and stuff, but yeah, we'd always just, I'd play in the sandbox sometimes. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was like eight years old. I think when I like really got into this, I've been into it for so long. So yeah, I can imagine a little kid playing in a sandbox with made yeah. up Warhammer rules. Everything was like a four plus. Yeah. Like, yeah. Whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I remember it very well because that was me as well. Um, well, less barn and more um, sort of just the carpet of my living room sort of thing. You know, that was, uh, yep. that was just the best I could do. Was, uh, yeah. Okay. So, um, and I will say we're, we're going to get on to some more of your orcs a little bit later, but orcs have remained a, a great fund well, you're very fond of them, I suppose. Is that that's, that's true? They're still my favorite. Yeah, yeah. they're just, uh, they offer a lot of freedom and they're very forgiving. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're rough and tough and not so strict on uh, color schemes and mm -hmm. variations compared to like a Codex Marine, of course. which still cool, but yeah. yeah. But you can just have fun with orcs, can't you? They're just—I mean, you, I literally find myself smiling when I'm painting one because it's—they're just bonkers. They're, they're nuts. Yeah, they've always had yeah so much character and the the fiction around them. Yeah, you know, loved all that second edition artwork where it's just like a such a mess when you see the the orc battle line and yeah they're repairing things as they're fighting with them and. Mm -hmm. Yeah, orcs and Nurgle as well is just yeah. very. I wish I could approach every project with the same like mentality that I have for yeah. for those uh, models. Yeah, yeah, definitely. With Nurgle, it's just that bit where you'd be like, "I'm going to be disgusting with this. I'm going to make it look really horrible and foul, and um, I'm not going to try and make it look shiny and neat at all. It's just going to be putrid and gross and." gribbly and horrible and it's it's quite liberating really isn't it yeah yeah you end up producing your best work yeah with with that go. with that mindset as well mm. yeah nice okay well moving on from your second edition experience um tell me about house technus uh c-a-g-e house technus cage yeah that um 
so I think the game is discontinued now. Is a Kumani or not game? Mm. Wrath of Kings. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's basically it's a little guy in kind of this mech suit. Um, and I painted that piece for the crystal brush. And rarely do I do you work on something and you're like, this piece is complete. This is finished. You know, there's there's that saying like most pieces of artwork are only abandoned. They're never completed. You, you know, you always have hindsight. And out of the thousands of models I've painted, that's one of the few that I feel like was done. Mm-hmm. I, I took all, you know, cause it was for a competition. I took all the time that I could, you know, just lovingly, lovingly laid it in there. I left no idea, um, undiscovered, you know, I, I like to say that whenever you, you have your painting, you have these random thoughts about your models. Um, yeah, there was no single idea that I left out on that one. And why, yeah, why it was, it was special is I sunk a lot, a lot of time into the, the freehand, the banner uh, on its back. And I also pulled in a little bit of like, uh, kind of acknowledgement of like the sunset. Like I wanted to create a yeah. post battle sequence like he's striding through this ruined medieval town the sun is going down so he he's carrying this large axe and you can see the sun being reflected on the non-metallic metal axe and then as you turn the model around and and the highlights are warmer on the front of the model you turn the model around and it's colder on the back side of the model lovely so yeah yeah, i was just kind of like a i'd never done that before it's always an idea that I, an option I had, but yeah, that was the first model that I applied that to. And it just, I don't know that one, that one just, uh, it really sticks out for a lot of people that, that know my work. Yeah. Yeah. And how well did it do in crystal brush? Um, God, I, I can't even remember it. It placed. Yeah. Nice. Did it get a gold or a silver? Well, I think that was, I think, yeah, that got gold in Fantasy Large. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I can't remember how high it was in the, the overall rankings. Yeah, this yeah. this one was, it was a while ago. Um, but, yeah, it was one of those pieces, like, a lot of people came up to me afterwards and they're like, should have been you in that top three. That mm-hmm. that model was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Well, you mentioned something there about you feeling that that miniature was complete when you painted it. And, uh, you know, it, when you, because a lot of uh, what you've mentioned here has, has been um, uh, crystal brush entries or or may well be golden demon entries with that coming up at Adepticon pretty soon. Who knows? Um, yes and yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> so if you, because this is something I've struggled with and you know this is my opportunity to selfishly pick your brains about it when you make a miniature and you you get to that point as you say it's more more abandoned than finished you're happy with it you're proud of it but how do you then um what am i trying to ask i'm trying to ask like how do you know it in yourself that it is good enough to go forward into that sort of competition is it a belief do you think you've ticked all the right boxes is it is it methodical is it more or is it a decision that comes from your heart or, or your head i guess yeah that's a it's a good question um i would i would have to go with the heart i'm definitely more of an emotionally based uh 
person and you know painter i would i would tell people to follow your instincts and chase the muse and stuff yeah it's yeah. not a and like every piece is an experiment you know and rarely do i want to just repeat the same thing over and over mm. um but yeah it's it's there's there's no like definite answer for like this is how you know something is done it, i think um the best I can say is as you're going through the painting process, um, you start to see a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. You know, you start with, with the base coats, you get layers of highlights going. Once you have a progression of like five to seven colors on a, on every surface, you start to see more, more volume and like, you know, just turning the model around in your hands and painting it up. And all of a sudden, like it kind of clicks that you have more complete on this model than you have, you have to uh, to finish. You know, you're at that like 80% done level. But yeah, so as far as knowing what's good enough for a competition, I I don't know. Right. I'm you know, it's it's always um, there's always some surprises every time the winners are announced. Yeah, but yeah. judging is all subjective. I can't say what's no. right or wrong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, just yeah. your uh, your loss is somebody else's win. Every abundance piece is is important to them as yours is to you yep. and you just have to accept it but yeah you just got to believe that you're yeah. in there and um yeah 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 so i, I don't have a good answer for that instead. no no it's all right it's ramble fine. a bit <laughs> it was a good ramble i enjoyed it it was it was a very good ramble um all right then let's move on to another one of your um crystal brush pieces and i was actually i was staring at this on um Cool mini, cool mini or not a little bit earlier and uh it's your jungle boys which um i don't know if you know in in the uk jungle is a style of music um it's like uh, oh yeah 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 hardcore drum and bass sort of stuff and um i had that in my head when i when i was looking at it actually but um this, these are your iron jaws and um is there just a, a regular auric in there as well or is it um all iron jaws it's it's all iron jaws and then there's one little knoblar because that's right yeah it's crystal brush and the same rules you know that would never fly <laughs> in a games workshop at, at a golden demon yeah. and neither would the orcs being yellow that wouldn't fly either yeah, you can have yellow orcs but i mean we'll definitely talk about the miniatures but i was staring at it and it was the base that really i just thought what an amazing base it's like a it's like a Rex jungle sort of scene or, or, or you know, wooden pillars or trees that have been ripped apart and fallen down and crushed underneath and all covered in moss and greenery. I mean, yeah, it's such a nice framing for those miniatures. Thank you. That was, uh, yeah, that's why that was another one that I, I put out there. I think that was the first time that I made a display you know, plinth that was part of, of the entry, like all the yeah. models come out of that, you know, they're separate bases um, and they have specific places, which, which every uh, unit entry does. But yeah, this is the first time that I like, it's, it's a diorama. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's like a little butterfly that I made out of paper up yeah. on, on one of the, the points you can't even see it in the photos, but I sculpted like a small turtle and hid it in there. I like to hide Ooh. small animals in a lot of my entries. So okay. yeah. people know that and they'll they'll look around for stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, it helps to draw the, the viewer in. But yeah, I was just really proud of that one. And it, 
slowly came together. Like it started with me painting the shaman. Yeah. And he's got like, I sculpted some snakes on him yeah. and it, it was this whole joke. Like I had, I had a friend over for a painting weekend and I wanted to show him how I paint. He hasn't entered, you know, or, or painted in a while and he's very slow and I'm known as being the fast guy. So I'm like, yeah, let's, let's jam, dude. Let's, I'll show you how I do this. And I, we listened to King Yellow Man, you know, the, this reggae yeah, artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, so the whole time we kept saying like, Mr. Snakes, like, <laughs> okay. I don't know. It's just, just a <laughs> total joke. We listened to way too much of King Yellow Man and we're, you know, talking in like a Jamaican accent the whole weekend. Yeah. Overdid it. But yeah, I, I created that guy. Mm. And then from there, yeah, I, I was like, man, I'm going to paint like a few more of these, make it into a unit entry and yeah, just go ahead with it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Nice. It's, uh, yeah. It's a, I love the, the snakes look great. Um, but why, why go with yellow? Why go with yellow? Orcs? Well, apart from, well, was it just yellow man? <laughs> that 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 was part of it oh, um okay. and i put that i put that up on instagram and i put the hashtag yellow man and that yellow man found it and liked it nice. i never care I don't, <laughs> I don't care about celebrity or fame any of that stuff but like i was like wow he saw this and liked he enjoyed that yeah yeah, um, That's yeah i don't know why yellow just just the freedom um and you know, and a lot of the fiction orcs have chlorophyll in their skin, and you know they can feed off of uh, sunlight. So if they were in a high sunlight area, which I guess the floor of a jungle isn't very high sunlight, but it we'll pretend be. that it is. Yeah, yeah. And maybe they they turn to a yellowish hue of you know with a lot of exposure to the sun. Yeah, yeah, I like it. That's pretty cool. Nice. But it's just yeah, I'm like this is this is for crystal brush. There are the same rules don't apply. So I have more freedom to just yeah. do as I choose that, you know, that allows that green jungle floor to uh, have a lot more complementary action than to these bright yellow orcs. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's nice. Yeah. Those, I really like that. Another question on sort of competitive painting. How much do you, I mean, you obviously enjoy competitive painting because you do it a fair bit. You, you're, you're, um, between Golden Demon and Crystal Brush and, and things. What do you prefer doing? Do you prefer doing a project for yourself or your Patreon or um, or for a competition? Or do you see them as interchangeable, really? I think they are interchangeable. Um, how I do my Patreon, I usually just pull a section of a model out. Mm -hmm. Like if... Because, um, yeah, it's a lot of the techniques are repetitive and kind of basic i think like okay i'm yet again highlighting the space marine armor with yeah. edge highlights you gotta you know just make one video on edge highlighting make one video on like osl or just you know i'll try to choose projects that can have can highlight various things like here's your i'll do the model's face gold non-metallic metal maybe the cloak and those those are all separate uh videos um, God, I, let me get back to the actual question though. Yeah, I, I it's, it's a different feeling when you're sitting there and just painting by yourself though. Sometimes, uh, 
Patreon tutorials can get in the way of that. I'm learning though. I'm, I'm learning how to how to handle that better. You know, it's it's just in just have to choose the right projects. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So they're they're pretty interchangeable. Cool. Okay. Nice. Moving on to another one of your crystal brush entries, and uh, this is uh, this is my favorite. I have to say, um, shipwrecked. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Your your love. I share your love of tiny critters, and the fact that um, your pirate ogre uh, in this lovely little scene has a toucan is one of my favorite things ever. Um, can we start by talking about the toucan? And and how you did yes. that? It was it was so, it's so good. It's really fun. I know it's like its own separate little uh, project. Yeah, but yeah, that was again, you know, and the vein of uh, every model being a chance to experiment. I was like, oh, I can paint a toucan. Yeah, I have to look at pictures of a toucan. Like I, yeah, I did all my looking around. You know, pull up some images and get the order of the colors right on its beak and everything it yeah, has yeah. it has a little pirate hat you know that's which funny. is adorable yeah 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 it's it's really cute yeah that that that's why I, I called that piece out it's just so much fun and every time i look back at it it's another one of those pieces that feels more completed well I'm not i surprised. should have i i should have added a coconut at the base of the palm tree <laughs> That's I mean, what I should have done. That's the, like a little bit of hindsight. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's being very particular. I think there's enough going on there without the <laughs> But I mean, fair enough, fair enough. It's, uh, it's your piece. I know, right? Yeah. But I mean, because so, it's it's also got that beautiful backdrop to it as well, which is, um, am, I, am I remembering correctly? It's like a, a, a ship in the background. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Of And in front well in front of that is the the ogre with his toucan and there's the palm tree on the side as well but that backdrop is beautiful as well thank you yeah that was the year i got into painted backdrops yeah i was like yeah. man this is a whole different level of, of uh composition and contrast like wind into this like the model in the foreground being more uh warmer nature and colors the backdrop being more of kind of a bluish turquoise hue yeah you know, it helped uh, make the model stand out. Um, the model is also sunburnt, which yeah. that w I think that's the first time I painted a model with a sunburn. There you go. Um, I don't haven't done many tattoos, um, and that was, you know, I tried to take those to like a really high level, kind of get those tattoos into that. Once tattoos are real old, they turn green. Yeah. They were yeah. once black, they turn green. Yeah. Um, yeah. A couple of mine are going green at the moment, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, no, I remember discovering. I think it's Dark Reaper I use for so many tattoos now because it's just oh look, it's sort of a greeny grey, which is perfect. Yeah, yeah. There, there is just so much going on on that. I mean, things like painting sunburn. I mean, when you're when you're creating a little scene like that are these details in your head at the start of the process or do you do you paint him and then go no oh, no he's in the sun he's shipwrecked on the desert island he should be sunburned and then go in and do the sunburn or is it do you plan it all out beforehand or does it evolve as you're doing it it evolves as i'm doing it yeah, yeah. for for sure 
Yeah. Yeah. Every, every project you kind of have concept and then you have reality, (laughs) you know, it's like, okay, this concept will get me uh, moving forward on this model. And I I think that's what this is going to look like. And you'll find in your mind, you forget about certain details as well and kind of have to make some decisions, but uh, yeah, it's, it always evolves a little bit. And especially when you're, you know, turning the model over in your hands for hours and hours. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Indeed. Have you ever either been tempted to, or have you ever actually gone what you think is maybe too far with those extra details or have you ever sort of thought, Oh, maybe I should add this and then this and then this, or have you always been happy and satisfied with, with where you went? I've always been happy and satisfied. The, um, yeah, I only I have more regrets when I don't flesh out an idea. Yeah. Like um Yeah, exactly. Because then you're like, oh, I didn't place, man. I wonder if I would have done better if I would have uh had that coconut at the bottom of the tree. (laughs) 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 You know, things like that. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay. So obviously at the moment, um, the exciting news that Golden Demon is is coming back to uh, the US, and um, for those of us who can't get out to uh, Chicago this year, I'm hoping that they'll do one in the UK as well at some point. But um, how excited were you when you heard that that was that was going to be a thing? <laughs> I was I was very excited because I wanted to see something uh, different than the Crystal Brush. Yeah. Crystal Brush was fun while it lasted. I produced some of my favorite pieces for it, but yeah, yeah. change is good. So, and the, yeah, the Golden Demon is, you know, something, uh, it's very different. I also, I, I like the prestige of the Golden Demon. Mm. Like Crystal Brush is gone now and yeah, you're really only going to hear about it in past tense. Yeah. Whereas Games Workshop is a large company they're proud of what they do. They're going to carry Golden Demon forward. Yeah. You want a Slayer Sword, you get your, your name up on that plaque. Like Absolutely. they care and they're not going anywhere. So it's you know, it comes with that that prestige. Um that's pretty cool. But so yeah, I was I was very excited that the Golden Demon is coming back. They announced it. I looked at my cabinet, I was like, well, I've got six entries ready. Nice. You know, <laughs> and I, I think I'll I'll have like eight or nine. Um, I'm procrastinating on some water effects right now. Who knows? Like 13 days to get it done. (laughs) Um, Isn't it? Yeah. Okay. But I, I am also expecting to not win anything. Um, A lot of, you know, and you have to, you know, set your expectations low generally, but also I know a lot of other people are going to come out of the woodwork past winners. People are flying over to teach classes at Adepticon, which, Yeah, yeah. You don't ordinarily have that um, that function around a Golden Demon event. No, you know, it's just here's it's Game State UK, it's Game State Chicago, it's you know more local people, people from the that country usually. But yeah, since you have the opportunity to teach classes, you know, and and uh, fund your your trip over there, you've got a lot of people flying over. So it's what you had with the Crystal Brush. So it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be a a shark tank. It's going to be a lot of cool stuff. I'm actually, I'm kind of happy about that because I think as someone who, you know, I would love to one day sneak a bronze is my, the way I put it, you know, if, 
and and usually it's been like well if if everyone's flight gets cancelled and there are a few people who are sick I might have a chance of getting a bronze you know that's just that's where I'm aiming for but I really like it that the American one's happening and there's loads of people from Europe going over to the American one. It's like, ah, great. So the last two years when everyone's been shut indoors painting miniatures, they're going to put all of their entries into that one. And so I'll have more, I'll have less competition. I won't have less competition. I know I won't, but, um, you know, I can hope. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. It's, I thought you guys are having a Golden Demon like a month later in the UK. But maybe I must be wrong or something. I thought there was a Ooh. a Warhammer Fest event soon after um, Adepticon. I've not heard anything. It might have slipped under my radar, but um, yeah, I've, I've not heard anything. But mm. I can only hope. Could be wrong. Because yeah, yeah, it's uh, very much like to get another one of those finalist pins at the very least. So Sam, next on our list of things to talk about. Uh, this is, I think, one of your more beautiful dioramas uh, in a quite gribbly, horrible, nergly sort of way, but, um, well, half of it anyway. Um, tell me about what was the inspiration for Dimensional Bleed Through? Man, it started with that large Nurgle-looking model. Mm -hmm. um, that was just given to me at Gen Con one time. There's this this friend of mine, uh, well, yeah, friend. Uh, I was like, friend or acquaintance? He's a friend. <laughs> Everyone's my friend. If you're yeah. into miniatures, we're friends. Yeah. Um, but he had a few of those in his backpack. And he's Ooh. just, had, he's like, I want to give these to the right people, you know? And uh, Lovely. I think you you could you could do some cool work with one of these. And it was from Trollforged Miniatures, which I think is now defunct as well. But I looked at it and I told him, like, I'm going to make a cool diorama out of this. You'll see. <laughs> and then it just, it grew from there. I picked up that Kingdom Death uh, figure at, at that year's Gen Con as well. And that game uh, from Kuhlman, you're not. The others had come out. I think it came out later that year, maybe. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a little bit hazy, but it's it was all kind of, you know, around the same uh, time that all that stuff was was available to me. Yeah, that I went so hard on that project. That was me trying to win the best in show at Crystal Brush. Yeah. And I didn't do it. Well, but that's okay. Cause it's still it's my favorite. You know, that's that's the pinnacle of like I I personally believe that dioramas are like the pinnacle of miniature painting. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay with that. They, like they also it takes the most work, you know, it, it's makes sense you know it's just it's the hardest thing to do i think to complete a diorama because it involves more than one model yada yada um which is why i've done so few of them <laughs> it's oh, like the yeah. the second diorama that i ever made yeah i i tracked all the time i spent on that i wrote it down you know whenever i would from this time to this time if it was 15 minutes i never added it up in the end <laughs> but it was over 100 hours wow I didn't add it up because I I was a little sad about how I how I did. Yeah. Um, but well, such is life. Yeah. It's okay. It's still it stands the test of time because just to set the scene for listeners, it's on one. Well, it's more than half. You've got that a uh, sort of brood of monster-like demon things that do have a sort of nurgly look to them. Yeah. Um, 
And on the other half, you have a lone warrior woman standing there. And you've done the backdrops for it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, where on uh, the the warrior woman's side, there is sort of a, a classic medieval sort of fantasy castle going on. And then the swirling nightmare of, well, let's not call it the warp, but um, something yeah. demonic anyway. It's um, Again, was that when you started work on that, was that just you had that imagined in your head from the start or was it you painted that big miniature and then you got those other miniatures and you sort of started moving towards putting them all together? I imagined that from the start. Yeah. Like that, it started with that large model and I imagined everything else around it. And yeah, I wanted to create that like sense of heroic odds. Yeah. You know, there's... Uh, this thing is monstrous. Um, and yeah, just for listeners, like the, the head of this monster is open. Like it has a mouth and then the top of its head is kind of like an empty cranium with sort of tentacles around it. Yeah. And then I sculpted a tiny, like human sized brain floating inside of that cranium. <laughs> and then there's, there's half of a ruined bridge leading towards this, this monster and the idea was like against all odds, maybe this hero, if she can jump high enough and swing hard enough, she yeah. can stab that big monster in the brain. Maybe, you know. Maybe. And yeah, she's, you know, on the side of this like temple. And I sculpted a bunch of little bunny rabbits and put them into the flower patch outside of the temple. Yes. Put some little <laughs> paintings up in up in the attic of the temple. Um yeah, I went all out on that. And then on the demon side, you have, I I call it the demon bridge where they're all kind of coming down on this membrane. And you see there's uh, like the walls of the bridge are made out of like teeth. Yes. It's quite disturbing. Yeah. Those are my teeth. I took some, Uh, that's even more disturbing. (laughs) I took some instant mold, you know, you just heat it up in hot water and I, I just pressed it up onto my teeth. Oh God. And then, and then, yeah, I, you know, made a few casts of my teeth, and while the putty was still semi-pliable, I'd pull it out and then pull it all straight. So yeah, the, I casted my own teeth and put it into the. the That's piece. amazing. <laughs> that is, oh, I mean, I mean, when you said they're my own teeth, I had this horrible image that you were going to pop your dentures out now and say, "Right, well, I did this from yep. my. I pulled all my <laughs> teeth out." <laughs> yes, right, and then I. Cut off my own fingers. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put no. put a piece of yourself into your artwork. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, the the weirdest thing I ever did on that sort of level of things was um I used to when I was growing up, I had a huge field behind the house. And I was walking down it one day and there was a completely bleached and empty um rabbit skull. And I picked mm-hmm. it up and I thought, oh, that looks really cool. And it was, you know, there weren't any sort of, there's no viscera involved. It was just a dry skull. And I oh, took yeah. it home and I, I actually used bleach on it because I didn't want to get any, whatever horribleness might have been on there on me. Um, I bleached it in the sink and then I turned it into a chaos shrine. So I was like, well, it's, it's, it's found. It's, you know, I've still got it to this day. And it's like, and I painted like a eight pointed star on the sort of forehead and the different symbols going off it and writing around it. And um, yeah, made a little base for it. 
it was it was very useful. But then when people find out you've got an actual sort of rabbit skull um, <laughs> on the shelf, like, oh, that's a bit weird. And it's like, yeah, it is a bit weird. Uh, yeah. I uh, I want the listeners to know I've been nodding along in approval <laughs> as you've been describing that, and I'd also like to pull out my own little piece with a rabbit skull attached. Oh, to it. There you go. I never painted it. I, I, I bring this to a lot of classes that I teach when we yeah. talk about basing and not everything has to be finished. No, I'll, I'll finish this someday, but yeah, I, I have a piece here with a, a rabbit skull yeah. embedded into it as well. And in, in this case, it looks like uh, the the skull of some large monster that has yeah. you know died and fallen into a moat. Um, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. We're we're an odd bunch, us uh, us miniature painters sometimes, but yeah, as long as it all looks good and it's all done in in good taste. Well, I love that that combination of like, all right, I'm going on a nature hike, I'm searching for driftwood, I'm pulling up roots, I'm leaving with a, a little bag of uh, basing ingredients. Yeah, yeah. Adds some some extra purpose to the to that trip, you know, a little extra searching mm-hmm. and stuff, and you find. That that Jungle Boys diorama. My my brother fished that big piece of wood out of the the river when he was canoeing, no way. and it was all uh, eaten away by it must have been termites or something. But yeah, it has. That's why it's all porous and you know, it's just like riddled with yeah, holes. Yeah. So nice. Yeah, love those natural materials. They're great. They really are. Yes, I. I... I've got, I keep meaning, I've got to do an Ideneth army at one point because every time I go up to um, Scotland these days, I go to a beach and I just pick up shells and shells and shells. And it's like, yeah. I don't use shells on anything, but it's like one day, one day I'll do an Ideneth army and I'll just, you know, I'll have all the shells I ever need. Or you uh, stick that shell to the back of a, a Blight King, some kind of Nurgle model. Yeah, Take yeah. a plague bearer, cut it, cut its torso off, and just have the plague bearer's legs coming out at the end of a snail shell. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, that would be good, actually. Yeah, all right. Okay. That's yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so moving from one diorama to another, this is one of your more recent pieces. Um, yeah. Tell me about your Warcry diorama. So, yeah, this is something I made for... Golden Demon. Uh, I just looked to the side. I finally completed it and glued uh, grass onto the base, and it's safely in the cabinet now. Good, good. But yeah, it's it's an entry for Golden Demon. It's on a four-inch circle, and I have 13 models crammed in there. So it, it just has a lot of like viewing angles, and I'm, I'm just trying to create a Frank Frazetta barbarian battle scene yeah. with this. Um yeah, yeah, you'll I'll put pictures of it after it gets its moment in the sun at, at Golden Demon. Of course, yeah. Zero expectations, but I'm I'm happy with it. Yeah. Um that's the important thing. Exactly. Yeah, it's competitions are just, you know, a reason to push yourself, get thing, you know, and get things done. And this one feels done. Yeah, yeah. Um, um you mentioned a name there actually, before we go any further that. Um, cause now that I think about dimensional bleed through and now you, you're talking about your war cry diorama, how much of an influence on you ha- was the artwork of Frank Frazetta? Very large. I, f- I feel like I'm, I'm pretty generic in saying that. I mean, the most popular fantasy artist has had an impact on me. Yeah, you know, what, a, what a shock, but, uh, him and, and John Blanche for me were very influential because that's just what was 
yeah. in my hands. Um, I remember the, my dad had this bulletin board of just all this, you know, cool artwork and stuff. And he's yeah. kind of a biker guy, a lot of Harley stuff. Yeah. And he had, um, ah, I can't remember the name of it. It was a Frank Frazetta painting though, of this uh, barbarian. It's a snow scene and he's riding on a chariot pulled by two polar bears. I think oh, yeah. I wish I could remember the name of it. Yeah. But yeah, I, I remember looking at that and, you know, even being young that like spoke to me, I was like, awesome. Look at this, this cool muscle warrior and all these, the colors and, and like his, his contrast, you know, it's just, and, you know, I was just drawing like orcs in my blue lined notebook paper yeah. at that time. When I saw that, I didn't later, I found out, you know, Oh, that was Frank Frazetta. Like, you know, I rediscovered him like later in life. So it was, yeah. very early had an impact on me nice cool okay so it's just really interesting because i mean um i think for me an inordinate amount of i owe, well i owe a lot to um eddie from iron maiden um oh yeah i remember seeing those when i was a kid and just being like oh that's amazing <laughs> it's uh but yeah oh, man it's always fun to find out what what people what drew people into these sort of you know thinking in terms of fantastical art and yeah Oh heck yeah, man! Yeah. Um, so anyway, going back to the Warcry diorama, so it's thirteen models in a sort of four-inch round. Uh, I, I, without you giving too much away, because I, I know a lot of people entering Demon like to keep things under their hats until later on. Um, <laughs> I've shown it off. I, oh, I put yeah, like yeah. work in progress pictures up online. I've shown oh, it on okay. Twitch. It's it's fine, man. Again, like I don't think it's going to change anyone's decisions <laughs> and I'm not going to win, but whatever. Yeah. Right. But, uh, well, I, okay. I haven't seen it actually. So that's a failure on my part for not doing my research, but <laughs> describe it for the listener. I mean, it's a big sort of a big punch up, big sort of fight going on. Or? Yes. Yep. You've got uh, the iron golems on one side and then the other side has uh, spire tyrants and Ooh, nice. Dark Oath um, <clears throat> Savagers from the Warhammer Underworlds. Yeah, yeah. Are they set? I don't know if they call them Savagers, but the Dark Oath faction. Yeah. So they've got some barbarians on one side, slightly in a, in a in a raised position, and I, you know, specifically chose the models I did because of their active poses. Yeah. Got the one model like running and lunging with the spear. Mm -hmm. uh, some of those spire tyrants like have their shields up and they're stabbing over them. Yeah, and man. some of the iron golems are in a pose where they've just taken a swipe. And I, you know, I have like areas where they're, they're just about meeting up. And then there's, there's all these, like, it, it, it has a lot of momentum when you really look at it. Cause um, yeah, there's like a model with a flail, you know, the chain is just like spinning in the middle of the air and you can see this kind of anticipation from other models and, Mm. And then above it all, the, the Dark Oath War Queen model is, I made sure that she's the tallest model on that. You know, she's got the the axe and the shield raised up and she's letting yeah. out her battle cry. And then you have the Iron Golems champion who's holding his double-handed, like, yeah. meat tenderizer over his shoulders. <laughs> so it's like they're they're issuing a challenge while this, you know, this fight, this chaos is going on. Nice. That's good. Sounds incredibly casual. I'll be sure to look it up after we've stopped recording. Um, 
One thing I did look at, though, and this is another one of your most recent pieces, Lord Maggot. That's a lot of Nurglings. It's over 150. Oh, God. <laughs> so tell me about, uh, describe Lord Maggot for, for me and the listeners. This is a commission piece, yeah. and the I've had it for years because the guy like commissioned me, and then I was like, you know, I'm thinking this would be a good Golden Demon entry if I could hold on to it for, at that time, four more months. Oh, now yeah. It's been like two years, but we're, we're still in touch. Yeah. Um, yeah. What you have is 150 Nurglings at the base. They're holding up a, a palanquin that I, I made from balsa wood. And then sitting on that is the great unclean one from Forge World. Yeah. Um, in, in front of him on that palanquin, you have Sloppity Bile Piper yeah. and the little singing Nurgling, like entertaining him. They've got like their own little like stage in front of that. Nice. And then, yeah, up from behind him, there's like a enormous banner that mm. I again spent hours freehanding this uh you know the symbol of Nurgle is three dots. Yeah. And yeah, I've got the I kind of rendered that in a non-metallic metal and you've got three different like plague bearer faces. Yeah, yeah. And uh and then there's a little Nurgling sitting on top of that banner, of course. Of course, yeah. Um yeah, I need to pull that one out and do just a little bit more work. I want to add some uh, frayed edges to the banner. I'm gonna uh, glue some like dental floss, I think, onto to some of the tears, and then paint that the same uh, ivory color. But yeah, this is. I wonder how this one will do. I don't think it's going to win, but I think it's going to have a lot of pictures taken of it. It's going to be yeah. that like, did you see that one? Yeah, kind yeah. of piece. And that's that's what uh, my friend uh, Vince, you know, Vince Venturella. A lot of people know that name. He yeah, yeah. he said that he's like. I really want to see how that one does. That's that one turns heads. Yeah, that's the one that if there was a a fan favorite award, you'd be going for that almost. Yeah, maybe I'll get a commended entry or something yeah, on that. That'd be cool. Yeah. That's, uh, nice. Well, I'm sure you will. I mean, well, I won't say that just in case it curses you, but um, <laughs> everyone will take lots of photos of it because it does look quite. I mean, I just. I looked at the amount of nerdlings and I thought, oh, I couldn't do that. That gives me a headache looking at it. It's, <laughs> it's right. It was yeah, just one step at a time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that one, uh, I don't throw the word around a lot, but that one's epic. Yeah. Like I like to save that for specific uses. That's yeah. a good, that's a good one to describe as epic. Yeah. Nice. Well, um, Sam, it's time to, to let you go and uh, crack on with your golden demon entries and your, your <laughs> final pieces. Uh, but before you go, I ask everyone on this podcast uh, two questions to end, end the show. First off, what is your favorite ever paint? Ooh, that's the noise everyone makes, by the way. I asked oh. that question. Everyone goes, Ooh, yeah, man. Uh, buff from Vallejo model color. Okay. It's, it's kind of, it's like the color of wheat. It's like a yellowed ivory and it is just the best all purpose highlight color. People that subscribe to my Patreon, like, mm. Oh, he used buff. Take a drink. <laughs> yeah. It would, it would have to be that. There's so many other, uh, runners up, but yeah. Yeah. Vallejo buff. 
Vallejo buff. Nice. Okay. And then final question. If you could paint any miniature this year, and it can be absolutely anything, it can be one that exists, one that doesn't exist yet, or one that may never exist, what would you what would you paint? What would be the number one on your hit list? Oh my God. <laughs> uh, I would like to sculpt my own miniature and paint that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I need yeah. to get better at, at sculpting though, but my God, man, there has to be yes. so many potentials. I, I can't, no, I think that's Can't a good decide. answer. Maybe uh, something from Frank Frazetta, possibly. That'd be cool. Yes, yeah. Um, Which they're they're kind of out there, but yeah, man, I'd I'd have to do some uh, some digging. Maybe uh, some. I really like prefer monstrous, you know, like trolls, giants, like that kind of. You know, I like large creatures. That's yeah. that's my. Uh, happy place yep yep well Jeez. i think yeah that's a good question man i think i think you gave a good first answer sculpt one yourself and paint that that's that's got to be i mean a dream for many a hobbyist i think is i mean i yeah. can make when it comes to green stuff i can fill gaps and i can make round things and uh snakes occasionally i can do a, 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 a basic snake um other than yeah. that i'm pretty rubbish with it so yeah I'd be in awe of anyone who could sculpt their own miniature and then paint it i think that's yeah that's a good question because a lot of us live um we we're in the position to be inspired by what we see yeah even if it's something that you end up modifying there's, there's that connection between the artisan and the artist yeah but yeah, if you just had a free range to choose, wow. Because mm. I also like illustrated stuff. Like, yeah, I'd, I'd like to practice, you know, get better at, at sculpting, take some classes sometime. I was yeah. supposed to, but then then COVID hit and the uh, yeah. class was canceled. Oh, well, fair enough. Well, Sam, thank you so very much for joining us on My Life in Miniatures. And um, we, yeah. by the time this comes out, I think you'll have... You'll already know if you if you bagged a demon or or if you just had a good fun time there. So um, all right, yeah. Thing, but best of luck to, to you in your efforts. Anyway, so um, thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And there you have it, my chat with Sam, uh, which was wonderful. It was so nice to talk to Sam. Um, I've met him in person once before. We've chatted a few times and. He's just the nicest guy in the world, and I, I wish him the very best of luck. He's great. Love him to bits, and um, fingers crossed he's got some some nice Golden Demon trophies in his hands right now. Um, and if not, there's no shame in that, because there's only a few that go around. It's highly competitive, and um, as someone who's never won one, I know this all too well. Uh, if you would like to support Sam, you can go and check out his YouTube channel, um, or you can go straight to his Patreon if you want to give him some money directly to learn from one of the absolute masters. Uh, on both Patreon and YouTube, you just search for Sam Lenz Artwork. Uh, and you can go to Samson Osmus on Instagram to see what he's painting as well. And like I said, I, I hope you got a chance to pick up, uh, not pick up, but to check out his cool mini or not page and, and see some of the miniatures and dioramas that we were talking about because they are mind-bogglingly great um even if some of them do have his own teeth in them um, <laughs> uh but hey we've all got our own rabbit skulls i guess um 
But yeah, uh, thanks again to Sam. So I promised you in the intro that I'd talk a bit about um, what it's been like to do this season. Uh, this is a, this is the wrap. This is the wrap party. It's me sat here with um, a, a rapidly emptying vape and a rapidly emptying coffee mug um, and my notebook. And just I've been pouring over this just to remind myself of all the things that we've we've done in season one of my life in miniatures. Uh, it's just been great as well as it's just been amazing Um, I've wanted a bit of hobby purpose like this for a long time I've been talking to some people recently about making the hobby work for you and getting what you want out of it and this works for me because you know what I really like having a chat with lovely people whether they're here in, in my flat or whether we're doing a zoom call um Oh, I learned Zoom, by the way, uh, absolutely uh, hates me. Um, every So what we do when we record these uh, episodes, because my computer's a little bit old, as I explained in the last podcast, what I tend to do is do a half hour, and then we have like a five-minute cigarette, toilet, get a new cup of coffee, break, whatever. Um and then we do the second half, which is why sometimes you might notice there's a bit where my voice goes from like, oh, well, that's kind of cool, straight to. So the next thing on our list, that's that's what that is. Um, usually happens around the 35-minute mark, I guess, in, in the actual chat. <laughs> and at the very end, I always like, oh, we'll hang around and have a little chat afterwards, because it's really nice to talk to people, you know, and not, and not be on, I suppose. Uh, and every time I do that, as soon as I, I hit stop recording on Zoom, uh, my computer goes, and we're spent, and refuses to have internet for the next 20 minutes. So there's a lot of two people going, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Sorry, I oh yeah, you're kind of, no, you've gone again. You got, yeah. No, I'm still, I'm still here. And then, you know. So I've learned in the last couple of uh, episodes to get the chats in, in, in the break in the middle. So that's thing, one thing I learned. What else have I learned? Um, I... I, uh, errs and lip smacking are my most hated thing. <laughs> and I do them more than any of my guests, by the way. So just so you know, but, um, yeah, when I go through and edit this, I have to, I clip out just for your, for your benefit. I clip out all of the times I just sit there going, uh, and do, well, that was a bit loud. Sorry. That might've popped you, popped your earphones, but, um, yeah, that, that's one thing. And, um, it's amazing. I know that phrase from listening to the radio where people say, where they say dead air is a crime. But it's weird when you're listening to a, a podcast. It really is. It kind of really is. Um, so, I, you know, and I ask quite probing questions sometimes. And, um, you know, I have to then, when I'm going through doing the editing, I have to snip out some big sort of pauses and things like that. And occasionally, because of where I live, right in the middle of Nottingham, there's a police car going past, and I try and cut those out too, although I'm pretty sure a few of them made their way into the podcast uh, in this season. I don't think there's going to be anything I can do about that, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, well, oh, your eyes go funny. When you're, when you're editing um, audio, I use GarageBand, because I've got a Mac. And... Um, when you're editing audio, your eyes go really weird. It's kind of like a sort of seasickness thing because you're constantly looking at something, scrolling from left to right. Um, 
as, as I'm recording this now, I'm looking at the little bar that's moving towards the right-hand side, but all of the visualisation of the audio is going to the left. And when I then look at something else in the room, it starts moving as well. Uh, so your eyes, your eyes go funny. Um, but yeah, that's, that, that's some of the things that I've learned about the practicalities of podcast recording. It's also, it is, it is a time sink, you know. Um, I don't begrudge it. It's my choice to do this. Um, but editing and recording when you've got a real job and you want to do some hobby, uh, it does eat into that time. Like I said, I don't begrudge it at all because I've had so much fun. But uh, if for any of you out there who thinking you might want to start a hobby podcast or any sort of podcast as well, be aware that it will eat your evenings up quite quickly. Um, but it's again, it's if you're doing it about something you, you love and enjoy, it's great. It's so much fun. Um, and it's only been fun because of my guests. I think back to uh, Chris in episode one being so nice to give me uh, an hour of his time when he was at... <laughs> Well, he's still he's still going. So obviously, if even if it was COVID, he's recovered from it. So that that's good. Um, Henry, I mean, I, that was a lesson learned when I recorded with Henry um, to plug my microphone in. Uh, if you haven't listened to that episode, that's when I entirely redub myself into that conversation because I had forgotten to plug my microphone in, and I sounded like one of the teachers from Snoopy. You know, that's all you could hear of me. Um, it was great talking to Zoe about, I mean, I just, I think of that chocolate box stomper, um, that she made, which I just, it's, it just makes me smile. It was so nice to have Sasha and then Monk come and sit in my flat and actually, you know, have a coffee and, and chat in person. And I hope to do more of that in the future as well. It was great of Crystal because... Uh, I don't think Crystal's the, the biggest fan of, of being recorded for a podcast. And Crystal, I'm sorry if I'm getting that wrong, but um, she came through and it was such a good chat and uh, so many squigs. <laughs> it was great. Uh, Pete, who is the consummate professional um, and just, you know, uh, such a thoroughly decent human being. Um, Greg, who... Uh, has always been encouraging on Twitter and it was so nice to talk to him uh, as, as a fellow podcaster and, and get his take on, on this life that I've chosen for myself. Uh, thank you for Chrissy, who, um, you know, was our our newer hobbyist of this season. And again, just such a force of positivity. And then a huge thank you to Sam, who took time out of his schedule as he's working towards Golden Demon, where he's not only entering miniatures, but he's also teaching a course. Uh, he took the time out to um, actually have the, a, a nice hour-long chat with me, and I, I can't thank any of them enough because they've all, to a person, have been wonderful. Uh, it's been a sensational experience for me, um, and it's something that I'm going to do more of in the future. So this is the end of season one. It is not by any means the end of my life in miniatures. We will be back. Uh, I don't know when exactly because um, my life is still uh, weirdly, hectically busy, but for lots of wonderful reasons. Um, and I'm, I'm in. I think that's something that I can, I can let you know. When I started this podcast, I was feeling kind of, you know, I needed something to do. I was a little bit lost. I think we all go through bits in our life where we just don't feel like we're 
contributing enough or, or we're not making a name for us. I don't even know if it's making a name for yourself, but you know, you, you just feel like you're you're becoming more and more of a cog in in the machine that turns every day. And I think at the very start, when I when I wanted to record this, I, I splurged on a microphone I couldn't really afford. Um, which, you know, sometimes I don't even remember to plug it in. But I, w- I was. I was just kind of a bit, you know, lackluster and uh, listless about what what was going on in my life. And over the course of these 10 episodes, that's completely changed. And I'm genuinely, uh, yeah, I'm kind of the happiest I've been in um, years. And, and part of that is this podcast. Like I say, there's other good stuff that's been going on outside of that. Um, but yeah, this podcast has been great because for, for 10 episodes, I get to sit down with someone who I like and admire their work and admire them as people. And, um, I get to just talk hobby with them. And I think that can cure a lot of, uh, a lot of problems actually just having a chat and, and getting on nicely with people. Uh, it's something that, uh, in this day and age, it's worth remembering that people are good. It's worth just having a chat with them and, and letting some of that positive energy, um, rub off on you, I guess. And yeah. And you know, I'm not saying this is, I'm going to be giddy for the rest of my life, but, um, it's it certainly helped and it's nice and uh yeah and i think that's about it like i say i don't know when this when we'll be back it might be uh, a couple of months might be a few months it'll definitely be before the end of the year oh, i shouldn't say that do you know i people who know my hobby promises um which i think i mentioned in the, the very first episode of this where i was like i'm gonna get two armies done by the middle of uh june in 2022 i have painted one miniature uh towards those two armies so that ain't happening but yeah uh it, it will be back and i'm gonna hunt down some even well no i couldn't find lovelier people but i'm gonna i'm gonna try and make sure that they are at least as lovely as the 10 people who i've had on uh in this season and yeah right i think i'm i'm verging on waffle now so um i just want to thank you the listener as well for putting up with said waffle and um and my technical mistakes and spelling errors and everything else you've been great thank you for listening thank you for all the nice thing you things you've said to me you've tweeted at me you sent me messages on various things and uh even had a couple of emails and i've actually had one person stop me in warhammer world and tell me that they really enjoyed what i'm doing so uh yeah thank you to all of you you've been great and yeah we'll see what season two brings until then I hope you find someone else to keep you company while you hobby. I hope your clippers are sharp. I hope your brushes have fine points and your paints all mix perfectly on your palette and are applied smoothly to your miniatures. Uh, I hope you have a wonderful time. Uh, Chin up. um, Keep the dream alive. I can't think of any other silly platitudes to add to that, but... I'll just say it. Thank you again so much. And we'll see you in season two of My Life in Miniatures.